ABF Creative. ABF Creative. And that, by the way, Anthony, is the number one thing that I think people struggle with. It's that doubt of whether they're doing it right or wrong. And because things don't happen instantly in most cases, no one wants to wonder whether they're doing it right or wrong for like a month, not realizing that they're doing it just fine. What's up, people? What's up? What's up? Welcome back to another episode of No Pressure. I know I've been gone for a while. (laughs) I've been gone for a while. I've been, you know, working, you know, Um, I went on, took a little hiatus, um, but it's all for good stuff. ABF Creative is growing. Um, Our team is growing. Our brand is growing. Our money is growing. It's just I'm just grateful. And today's interview is actually um, very, in some weird ways, connected to this feeling that I have of growth and abundance. And uh, so I got reached out to um, to interview this guy. And I'm be honest, you know, usually when people reach out to me and say, hey, can you interview, you know, so and so X, Y and Z? I usually be like. Nah, I'm good. I don't. I don't. I don't think this person's a good fit for my show. And um, but when I got this email, I was immediately, I immediately said yes. I was like, yo, this this is definitely something I want to talk about and something that I think it, be helpful for all my listeners. So today we're interviewing Andrew Cap, who is the author of the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read i think i said it right (laughs) um and the book is not long it's a very quick book um you can breeze through it in a weekend but the information in there is so impactful so interesting Uh, whether you believe in law of attraction or not i still i still think that these practices that he talks about are just good for overall mental health you know what I'm saying? I think a lot of times, yo, know, the world is just so negative right now. And just we just need to focus on the positive, whether you feel like the law of attraction is a real law or not, you know, is irrelevant. Um, I just think we need to practice more gratitude in the world regardless. Uh, so listen to this interview, pick up some tips and yo, enjoy. So today's uh, talk topic is law of attraction, of course. And it's so funny because this apartment that I'm in, I used to, it's, it's about a block away from my office. And I used to walk home the long way. So I lived like 15 minutes. I used to live like 15 minutes away from here. And I used to take the long way just so I could walk past this place, this building I'm in right now and pretend like I was going home here. And I used to do that all the time. And lo and behold, I'm like now living here. And some, it's so funny how I wasn't, I didn't even realize it until like, wait, hold up. Like I'm here, you know? And so uh, the law of attraction is something I've been 
aware of for a long time. Even when it came to you, you know, I was doing research for a book that I wanted to write. And I had downloaded some software that helps you analyze Amazon or whatever like that. And um, and I was typing in a topic. It had nothing to do with law of attraction, by the way. And I saw your book come up. And this is the, the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. I would love to check out that book someday. A week later, I get an email from someone saying, hey, you want to email, you want to uh, interview Andrew Cap, the author of The Last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read? And I was like, hell yeah, I want to interview him because I need to find out how this law works because clearly this law is working in favor of some of the things I think, but I have to be honest, you know, I've always struggled with this law. You talked about that in the beginning of your book. I didn't, I got halfway through it and I was so angry because I was like, oh, I want to finish this thing up. Um, but I got halfway through it and you were kind of, I was still in the, in the beginning of you setting the foundation for the, for the skills. And I, I noticed you did that a lot in the book. Like you were setting the foundation because you talk about why, um, well, first let me back it up. Who are you? <laughs> Because you know what it is? I've been reading the book and I'm just like, I just want to get into the nitty gritty. But, uh, but, but let's start there and then we'll get into the nitty gritty. Like, who are you? Where you come from? And, and, and why did you write this book? Yeah, well, you know, so interesting. Like, I, I come from, you know, a, a business and, and sales and marketing background. And I've run my own businesses off and on for 20 years, regardless of how old or young I look. And um, the whole thing about the law of attraction was this was just an interest in my life throughout that whole time, just like anybody else where I would succeed and I would fail with it. And I'm just the kind of person who I'm, I'm very interested in the human condition and I'm interested in, in psychology and the way we work as people, why we make certain decisions. So really just out of self-interest, I wanted to try to figure out why in the past I couldn't like keep up with the habit of doing it, why I would hesitate, why, why all those things would get in the way. So I'd never thought that I'd actually write the book about it, but it, it just came to a point where I was helping people out kind of quietly about this thing, not making, you know, a, a vocation of it. And I just thought to myself, well, you know, I've worked so hard on articulating what this is. Let me just put the message out there and and see if I can reach people and see if I could help people because this, the book, you know, and obviously I have to say this um carefully because it's it's not like you know i don't want to judge it myself i want readers to judge it but i did want this goal that it really i wanted to look back and be like i wish this was the book that i had when i was first starting out to save me years of, of drama right right and i think you've done that because you when you know you you and i know you wrote these things specifically in the book because you were really hitting on and i could tell you, you know you know copywriting really well number one but you were really hitting on some of the thoughts that I was like, man, how does he know this? Because the thing is, a lot of people do read like Abraham Hicks or they listen to, um, you know, Bob Proctor or you or Vishen Lakioni or, you know, all these different people who who talk about the law of attraction. But they, they're, for the, a, law, a lot of these people, they, they speak so theoretically, like they speak so, so umbrella term. Like I remember in the book, you, you mentioned something about, 
um, you know, getting a line. Like, what exactly does getting a line mean? <laughs> like, and you're right. What does getting a line mean? Right. Like, there's a lot of people like, yo, I think I'm in alignment. Maybe, maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. I think so. Like, so nobody has really explained those things. And so sometimes a lot of people don't know if they're doing something right or doing something wrong, you know, and things like that. So you definitely spoke to that. Thank you. And that, by the way, Anthony, is the number one thing that I think people struggle with. It's that doubt of whether they're doing it right or wrong. And because things don't happen instantly in most cases, no one wants to wonder whether they're doing it right or wrong for like a month, not realizing that they're doing it just fine. It's it's right. just too much uncertainty. It's like, why why would anybody lift weights in a way that they're not sure if it's going to work, if they're not actually going to get muscles or fitness out of it? So that's right. that's the huge thing, that that doubt of, am I even doing this right? Am, am I just another screw up? Like whatever whatever kind of whispers or doubts that aren't legitimate like to creep right. in on people's minds. Right. So I want this podcast to be the cheat sheet. You know, cool. of course, go buy the book, The Last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. Um, and I'm enjoying the book, by the way. Thank definitely you. Definitely go purchase the book. But I definitely want you to listen to this podcast and be like, oh, my God, like, this is the best podcast I ever listened to ever. It changed my life. So I want to change lives with this, the next 10, 15 minutes. Awesome. Can we do that? Absolutely. I'm yeah. on board. Let's make this happen. Okay. So... You set a primer in the beginning. You, 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 in the beginning of the book, you were like, hey, you know, people need to get in the right mindset first. Like, why is it important? And what, and what is the correct mindset? You know, is, I know you talked about feeling good, but what is feeling good? Like, what is that really? Why, do, why is it so important that I have to feel good? Right. Well, the the whole reason that it's so important that you have to feel good, well, there, there's a number of reasons. One, obviously, we're talking about just like the law of attraction. There's something where I can't even put the perfect words to it, that when you're feeling good, you're in alignment with all the energies around you. If you feel good when you're thinking about something that you want, um, it's almost like this, this secret hack that most people have never figured out that it's speaking energetically to the universe because everything's in a thought frequency that it's like, okay, well, this person feels good about this. They're thinking about it. This is actually my instructions, me being the universe, to right. craft this into physical reality. But on a deeper level, it's important to feel good because only by feeling good will you be consistent in what you're doing, which is the real key that most people forget about. They forget that you know, it doesn't have to be a year, maybe it's just a month, but you have to stick right. with something for a certain period of time in order for the universe to kind of get the message. And in the meantime, the best thing you can be doing for yourself is enjoying that process because it's only in the absence to whatever measure you can of frustration and of doubt and of fear, only in the absence of that can you really not only invite what you want quicker, not only invite it in a way better way than you would have expected, but really just enjoy life anyway, because until the perfect girl or the perfect man comes until the perfect house comes until the perfect job comes. The last thing you want to do is not being, not enjoying your life in the meantime right. anyway. Right. And so I got that part down. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. I'm skipping to work. I'm skipping to school. I'm eating ice cream every day. I'm feeling great. What do I do next? What's the, what's step number two in this, in this, in this process of attracting what I want in my life. Right. Well, in the context of just law of attraction, because there's more than one way I can only, I only usually speak to this, but really it's 
using methods, which by the way, obviously I'm going to say you can find them in my book, but you can find them in most any law of attraction book. It's just using those methods, whether it's based on gratitude or it's based on scripting things out or it's based on visualization. The whole process is just to use those things so that while you're feeling good, you are in fact thinking what you want because Um, there's always this question of, well, does that mean I can do this and sit on my couch and that's going to be everything? Well, no, you're going to have to take action. But like Abraham Hicks would say, it's going to have to be inspired action. And the whole point is the action and the ideas and all these things that you're going to do that are going to help you get what you want, they are going to come. But that, that initial foundational piece is use methods that have you thinking about this, have you visualizing it, have you feeling good about it, because that's what's energetically sending out the instructions to the universe. And you talk about a lot of methods in your book, but what's one method, if you can expand on, um, you know, that people, you feel like people should uh, adopt? Yeah, so my favorite, my personal favorite method from the book, that in my opinion, I mean, I've used a bunch of them, so who knows, in my opinion, this has made the most profound impact for me, is the time-lapse method, which to uh, to break it down real quick, um, time-lapse method, maybe pick five things from the past that you're grateful for, five things from the present that you're grateful for, and five things in the future that you want that you'd be grateful to have. And what you do is you write them down all in the present tense, and then you jumble up the list. So maybe the first thing you say is a past one, then a future, then a present, then a past, another future, another future. It's all jumbled up. And <laughs> the the idea behind this is energetically speaking, or just in terms of our mindset, even if you didn't believe in the law of attraction, you can't switch in too many gears in one confined period of time. So by combining five things that already happened that you're grateful for, and five things that are happening that you're grateful for, and mixing in those five future things, you're basically carrying over the level of certainty just that you had this is just as powerful as the stuff that's really there as for the future things. And gratitude is so powerful for this because you're telling the universe, you're telling yourself every fiber of your being and every energetic cell around you that you have this. So it's just a nice hack. I love using that word, even though I don't think I've ever used it in the book. It's a hack to inject that level of confidence and certainty into your frequency for those things in the future, because you're emitting the signal of having them already because you can't help by doing it since you already have those other things that have already happened as well. Right. Now you explained that you broke that down really beautifully. And that's, that's that, I think that's the beauty of this book is written in such layman's terms. Um, so cool. So I think one of the things that it, that is most interesting is that people have, like you said, people have thought of these different techniques, these different things they could be doing, sitting on the couch, meditating 30 minutes, visualizing, doing a creative visualization or whatever it may be. Um, but they're not consistent and, and they fall off and I'm victim to this. You know, sometimes I sit and I like to think about what I would like to attract in my life and, um, and, and I pray and then I get into a meditation and, um, and then, you know, I'm not consistent with that, that, part where I start to think about what I want. Like, how do I, first of all, why do you think it is that I wasn't consistent? And how do I combat that moving forward? Right. So there's two layers to this. Um, One of them that I go into the book, and I know the thing about psychological terms is people hear them in different types of books and different types of contexts. So I realize that what I'm about to describe here isn't necessarily the way you might hear it in a different way. But I see um, three minds the conscious, the subconscious, and right in the middle, the ego. 
And the ego is more powerful than the conscious mind, but not as powerful as the subconscious. Now, the key to all this is from my perspective here, what I'm trying to explain is the ego, it only has one thing that it cares about. And that's that you're alive. That means, and all it knows is like right now, right now you're alive. Meaning if your job is wonderful, you're alive. But if your job is horrible, you're alive. Meaning no matter, it doesn't matter about your level of satisfaction, your level of comfort, of happiness, whatever's going on right now, since you're alive, the last thing the ego wants is to risk the eventuality of any kind of change, even a positive one. Because for example, imagine you want to be famous and your ego's like, well, if you're famous, what if that means you get a stalker? Or if you get all this money that you want, what if that means people come out of the woodwork trying to take your money? It's like- it's I do that all the time. I'll be like, oh, I don't want anybody asking me for money. And then I feel guilty if I got to do that. Yeah, I always do yeah, that. So my, my ego it doesn't want to risk your, um, it doesn't want to risk basically your safety or your survival. And because it's stronger than the conscious mind and it's your conscious mind that's doing these techniques, that's this is where these fears and insecurities and these doubts come from, where you're like, eh, maybe I'll do it tomorrow. Or- eh, I don't know if this is going to work, or eh, I don't think I'm doing it right. And the thing about this is obviously the whole point of the methods is to translate that message to your subconscious mind, which is way more powerful than the ego, and which will not only communicate with the universe to get things going, but also drive your behavior and your actions and your choices that's going to get you what you want. But the other layer here um, that I'm not sure if I articulate too much in the book, I kind of do it in a roundabout way, is... Most people, and who would blame them, they do the methods to get a result. And it's almost like a trick because since the result doesn't come right away and we are into instant gratification, it's very easy then for to have a level of impatience and dissatisfaction when what you should be doing is doing the methods for the sake of doing the methods, which of course will then bring the result. And then the only key then making sure that you do the methods to do the methods is they have to be fun. So the whole key to all this is just making sure that those methods are enjoyable to begin with, since strategically, you really just want to do them for the sake of doing them, meaning it should never be a chore. It should always be a choice, something that you look forward to every day. Right, right. And one thing you touched on just now, which is one of the minds, the subconscious, um, and that's something I've been reading about forever you know even outside of law of attraction people talk about how the subconscious mind you know makes us do things that you know just we don't want to do or just programs us in the, in a way that we want to deprogram ourselves so how do you reprogram the subconscious mind is it doing that practice consistently like what is it that we need to do to really know that we're touching the subconscious because the thing is it's subconscious so we don't know if we're doing it right or wrong or etc it's, it's subconscious so right. how do we know if our subconscious is really moving in the direction of wh where we desire well so here's the trick the trick is you won't know right away and that's why there's a certain level of trust and faith and patience. And this goes back to why you need to just enjoy the methods for the sake of it. However, to give you a little bit of a better answer, because even though that's accurate, it's also a bit of a cop-out. Um, another piece of it is you'll know that it's working because you're going to start to feel better over time about the things that you want. That, that new Dodge Charger is going to feel like more of a possibility, whether you find yourself like meeting a, a car dealer who's like going to help you or whether all of a sudden like more money starting to come to you or, or something, you're going to feel more better and more confident about that, that situation. Your outlook is going to improve. But, you know, it all comes down to the thing of you almost have to be stubborn where it's like, you know what? 
whether I'm happy or not happy right now, I am just going to be really stubborn and refuse to skip a day of just doing this for five minutes a day where I do a gratitude exercise or I do a visualization or I script it out or whatever else that you might want to do. Yeah. And so I would love to, first of all, this is a, a lot of information already. Anybody listening to this, if you just took what he just said, you know, you'll be able to make some change in your life. Um, I want to definitely get into a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to talk about religion. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I when I read this book, uh, Neville Goddard, and uh he wrote a lot of books, and he 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 basically, you know, said that God was the universe, right? He never really used the term universe. He used God. Um, what are your thoughts on that in particular? Do you think there is a difference? Mm-hmm. Or do you think certain people are speaking to something else? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because this has been a very uh, a debatable thing amongst people for a minute. Right. So I'm going to answer that for you, Anthony. But before I do, one thing I'd want to say is, just for people listening out there, I think it's important to note that whichever way you think shouldn't interfere with with using this or not using this. In other words, um, I don't view the law of attraction as the opposite of the message of religion. And, you know, I, I believe personally that there's a consciousness, whether you call it God or you call it the universe or whatever, it, it's all the same thing. Um, obviously, when we talk about religion, we're also talking about just an organized practice, you know, an organized style of prayer, which I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think the number one thing is whether it's religion, whether you follow religion or whether you follow this or whether you see how they kind of mold together, um, the the message that I've seen in both is it's just a, about a level of of trust and and seeing something even if it's not physically there, even if you can't quantify it in one way. Yes, yes, exactly. So I mean, I I kind of view it as as kind of like all the same thing, but also in a way that I've never even personally defined in a specific way. And personally, I almost like to leave it kind of open. I like to leave it a a level of open interpretation because even if I had a certain concept of God, from my limited perspective, there's no way I could ever really take it all in or articulate it all to everybody. So I almost want to leave a certain level of, of even it's unspoken, not that it's not true or not that it's not legitimate, but it's something that I can't, um, or it's someone that I can't quantify yet. It does that my failure or my, um, refusal to quantify doesn't prevent me from living a good life or being happy with or without using the law of attraction. Right, right, right. I asked that question because it's something that, you know, of course, comes up a lot when, you know, um, in my, you know, people that I know and I read up online online about it a lot. And so I was curious because, you know, you you definitely touched on a lot of things that even when I read the book um, coincides with a lot of things in, you know, in faith and in, mm-hmm. in, in, in the Christian religion. So um, I thought that was uh, very interesting. So that's the reason why I brought it up. Uh I want to know your story, man. Like, tell me about your law of attraction. Give some people, you know, some views into a a success story. Like, when did you know? What was the moment that you found out, oh, snap, like, I'm I'm doing it right. This is working. I changed my life. What what was that moment? Like, can you walk (laughs) me through that? Yeah, so I had to kind of, like, stumble and drag my way through it. Because the thing is, like, I found out about law of attraction, I think probably like in the mid 2000s. And when I found out about it, like most people, I tried it out. 
and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. And it was a kind of like a, there was a, this level of doubt, like, does this even work when it really counts? And in the midst of all that, I was actually, I was running a business and I started dating someone. And I remember like 2008 rolls around, the business is not going so well. Um, the relationship is definitely not going so well. And part of it is I can't even give her the attention that she needs and deserves because I'm so busy trying to keep the company afloat. Um, so finally, I'm like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. And I, I close the business. I throw it away. It's done. Not three days later, she texts me to break up. She doesn't, she doesn't call. Obviously not in person, <laughs> like over a text after like three years. It's like, what? Oh, so man. Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm not exactly the poster child of like living the life right now at this point, right? <laughs> Um, so I, I remember just being like down in the dumps and, and really lost and like it came to, I don't even know how it happened, but I became like indignant and stubborn. And I'm like, listen, I don't even know if the law of attraction works, but right now life sucks and I'm desperate. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to commit and do this. And I don't even know what happens or care what happens. I don't know how, I don't know. I'm just going to do this every day. And this isn't some dramatic thing where I'm going to meditate for 24 hours a day. It's like, no, I'm going to take five, 10, maybe 20 minutes of doing these, these methods that I already know and that I already had some success with and just see what happens. And within two weeks, I felt better, which is saying a lot considering I had a broken heart and I lost my first business and my pride was hurt. So within two weeks, I felt better. Within three months, brand new relationship, way healthier, completely over the last person. Within four months, I was making more money in my life at that point than at any point beforehand. And within six months, my whole life was different. I was in the best shape of my life. I was just like everything, everything about it was different. I was happy. I was content. Like every level and every aspect of my life was working the way I had always wanted to. And it was only because I stubbornly refused to stop doing this. And when that two-week mark hit, I didn't stop. And when three months and the relationship's good, I didn't stop. And when four months were good and the money's good, I didn't stop. In fact, there was a point about this. And I talk about this in one of the trainings I do. I lost 25 pounds over the course of like seven weeks without trying. I wasn't trying. Like, I mean, I was working out with Sensei, but I wasn't trying to lose weight. It just, it happened. One day someone's like, Andrew, you're looking kind of good. Like what happened? And I think, I don't realize, but I hop on the scale that, that night and I see how the weight vanished. And I just couldn't believe how effortless it was of all these things working. That's really, you know, and even after that, like anyone else, you fall off and then you get back on and it gets really good. Like right now I'm in a really good place because I'm on that on track where things are going good. And it's been like that since before I put out the book, but that story and those specifics are the most dramatic, clear example that I give to people that really speaks to the power of this. When you're just like, I'm doing this, whether it works or not, I'm just going to do this. Right. Yeah. The key word I hear is commitment. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, and it's, and it's so interesting because, uh, commitment is, is it, that's, if it seems like, you know, I used to say all the time, consistency is luck in disguise. So mm. it's like, if you are consistent and you're committed you know, that's you almost can unlock anything that you you're looking for in, in in life. And but knowing that, sometimes I'm not consistent and sometimes I'm not commitment. I'm not committed. And and that's something that I'm working on is being consistent and committed to doing these practices and 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 being faithful and doing all these different things that I want to do in my life. 
not faithful to my girlfriend. I'm super faithful. I'm talking about yeah. faithful. <laughs> I got she, lis- she listens to it. I'm talking about faithful <laughs> to the practice, faithful to my religion. A- Anthony's legit. Uh, He's yeah, Don't worry about it. I'm saying that right here. <laughs> exactly. But you, you, uh, you raise a good point, though, because, again, it, it comes down like, and by the way, you're not alone. And I'm even from the tense of like, I've I'm really I've got this part down pat. But even when it comes to working out, I'm not as consistent because it, those workouts aren't always fun. But this kind of brings back to the methods. The whole point is to find them, to find a way to do them that's always fun, almost so that the commitment itself isn't even required. So whatever measure you can, I mean, if you can be committed that is the best thing you can do. But if you can't be, then the best strategic thing you could do is take commitment out of the issue completely and just make it fun. Like I say in the book, like almost like a spoonful of ice cream that gets you in shape that you just like you enjoy it every day. It's a big, it's just a little thing. It's not trouble to do. You actually enjoy it. Right. And just talk about a little bit. And then I guess this would be the one of the last questions and um, complacency. Because I think, I think, the thing is, you just you talked about something like, hey, I got a little bit of what I wanted. And and now I feel like I can let up a little bit and maybe it's already working for me. I can slow down a little bit. Can you talk about why is it because you you mentioned in your story that yo, you kept going even though you got some of the things and you're like, oh, okay, cool, cool. But I'm gonna keep going, I'm gonna keep this thing going. Can you talk about why complacency can be um so dangerous when you're doing when you're when you're looking to get some results. Yeah, absolutely. So here's the thing. And by the way, this is the the thing that you least expect to hear from a law of attraction author. And I'm putting the quotes for people that are hearing the audio, but um, because it doesn't sound very positive. But life has a way of teaching you lessons one way or another. And sometimes just because you don't realize that you don't have control over how harsh those lessons are, but sometimes you do have control. And the whole thing about the complacency, the reason that I was able to stick with it was because life, I'll, I'll, I'll watch my language, it kicked my butt. you know. And being fresh off a broken heart and a failed business, for me, was enough to say, I'm glad I feel better, but no, 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 I'm still going because that broken heart thing, I, I, I wasn't good with that. And then when I got the relationships, like, okay, cool, but again... I, I cannot afford to get my heart broken again. I'm going to keep going. Then the money, I can't afford to lose all. Like I, for me, it was kind of like, I know things are really good, but I also know in the back of my mind that if I let this go, it's not definitely going to go wrong, but I run the risk of it going wrong. And being fresh off that beating that I took from life, it just wasn't, I was going to remain stubborn. So the thing about complacency, and it sounds again, negative, but if the thing that leads to you making a decision hurts enough, that'll keep you in line. And until it hurt, like, and we, we humans, we have a funny way of really enduring struggle and, and suffering in ways that we shouldn't. I think it comes down to the fact that when you finally get to the point, like I refuse to suffer at least by my own inaction until then there's always this risk of complacency. And by the way, again, even after all that went well, I did dip in the past, but that was after the whole pain of that heartbreak had, you know, dissolved a little bit. You know, I wasn't gonna be caught off guard that soon after. Five years later, yeah, maybe I'd get caught. But again, that's opening me up, which fortunately it didn't happen. I got my my act back in, in check, but it did open me up for another horrible situation that would have taught me another lesson that would have made me do this all over again. And I'm just trying to skip that by sticking with it anyway. Right, right. And then so you're an entrepreneur. I wanna kind of switch gears a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an entrepreneur myself. Um you know, there's a ton of stuff I want to do. I'm an author as well. Um, nice. Was the book part of your? Is, was was the book 
something that you manifested? Yeah, well, you know, the whole thing about the book was I never, <laughs> I before I started writing it or before I started doing the legwork of organizing my thoughts, I never thought I would write a law of attraction book. And, you know, I, I've been a writer in the past and I've, you know, I've done other things, but it kind of felt like such a, a grand gesture and a, and a grand um, task. And I think I manifested it in the sense that I always wanted for years to have some kind of avenue where, you know, I don't want to be Tony Robbins. That's just not me. And I wouldn't live up to that, but I do want to be a person that would hopefully offer some kind of content that inspires or moves people in a way that opens them up to better lives. I'm not a very, um, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm out there enough. I mean, I'll, I'll speak enough. I'm extroverted. That's the word I'm looking for. I'm extroverted enough, but it's like, I'm not, it's not like I'm going to be running events and, and getting on stage in front of thousands of people. But I did always want like an avenue to make a living for myself where I was also knew I was providing real value for people. And, you know, I don't want to speak for other people. Like so far, the, the Amazon reviews are, are pretty positive. Um, hopefully I have manifested this in this avenue, whether I stay doing this or not. Right, right. And so I guess my, my, my question is, and it's a selfish question, mm -hmm. is, you know, what tips do you have for new authors or just kind of authors starting to build their platform on getting out there and impacting as many people as possible? Because it seems like you've hit a chord. Like, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, from my research, it looks like the book is doing really well. And so I, I would ask, like, for for myself, but then even authors or aspiring authors who might be listening, what tips do you have on creating content that resonates with right. people? So just for clarification, so I answer this right, and we'll, we'll go specific for you. Are you planning on writing fiction or nonfiction? A nonfiction book, yep. Awesome. That's a way easier answer for me because um, <laughs> fiction becomes, a, it's a whole different uh, thing, which I don't even know if I'd have the right answer for, but regarding right. nonfiction, um, I would like to think for this book specifically that I do articulate it well, but I don't articulate it well because I'm such a big deal or because I'm a brilliant writer. Mm -hmm. I articulate it well because I know what the pain uh, and, and the victory, the good parts, I know what that feels like personally. Right. So the best, the best books that are going to move the most people in general are going to come from someone who's writing that's speaking to that same emotion, whether it's pain <laughs> or it's pleasure. The thing about the reason I believe this book really strikes a chord is because this, in, in my knowledge, is the first book that, yeah, I'll talk about law of attraction. And yeah, I give methods that work. This is the first one that actually addresses into the best of, to, with the real effort, why do people not actually do this? This speaks to their procrastination and their doubts and their hesitations. I thought, let me go through my mental process and all the ways that I used to trick myself. And if I, I can articulate a way out of that for people and reframe the law of attraction or reframe whatever topic it is, just enough in a way that it's not even a thing that, you know, you look like a great writer. It's a thing where you tweak it just enough that you give the reader, you help them give themselves permission to actually use what you're teaching because it's in using and getting the experiential feedback, the life experience of it actually working, that's what's gonna work. Like my book, it doesn't teach, it pushes. The teacher is gonna be when people use it and the life experience then says, oh wow, these methods actually work. And I say that without ego because again, I give my version of the methods, but these methods predate me. So I can say these methods work because I, it's not like I came up with them. I just came up with a few tweaks. 
So that's my really long-winded way of saying, speak to the, what people are going through and articulate that in your own words, because the conversation that's going on in your mind is that same conversation that's going on in the minds of other people that are trying to solve the same problem. Man, oh man, I'm so glad you said that. That's actually so, you know, it's so funny. I did a video and that's the tip that I gave people because people were asking me, like, mm. yo, they were like, hey, what do you, you know, what's the number one tip for writing a book? And I said, um, I just put a picture of my eighth grade self in front of the computer and said, what can I tell this guy that could convince any emotion behind me looking at myself, help me write the best book that I can, that I can write. And that was in that. 2016. Awesome. Yeah. So, you know, this is just confirmation for me that I'm, you know, doing the right thing. And I need to continue to doing that. And yeah, so, man. I, I can't tell me when your book's out, man. I can't wait to read it. Yeah, definitely will. Definitely will. And and, and where can people find your book? Yeah, and, um, it's it's on Amazon. And obviously you can search for it on Amazon, but I set up a link that auto forwards. That's just lastlawofattractionbook.com. And that'll auto forward, right, auto forward right to the Amazon listing, which, you know, it's a paperback, it's Kindle, it's also audiobook. So if people prefer like Audible or, or Apple books, they can do it. And um, I don't know if you ever do this. Um, I just launched a YouTube channel also. So if people go to like youtube.com slash Andrew Cap with a K, um, they can see where I, I inject a little extra humor. So it's a little different flavor than the book. But uh, it's me just trying to uh, reach people in a different format because some people prefer to consume video versus reading. Um, so, hey, this has been fun. Also, one thing is, is there any way people can contact you if they wanted to, you know, you said you did some courses and stuff like that. Like, how can people... If you buy the book, um, there's a link for free bonuses. If you sign up uh, for the free bonuses, like, I'll actually start emailing you, like, free stuff. If people really wanted to email me, they can just go to, uh, they can email contact at awesomemarvelous.com. But by that same token, um, you know, if they just, they, I recommend the free bonuses. They're really awesome. They'll start getting emails from me and they could always just reply to those too. Okay, perfect, perfect. Andrew, thank you so much, man, for, for coming on here and, and chop it up. Well, hope, hopefully I gave you one of the best interviews you had in a long time. I don't know. Anthony, uh, this has been such a pleasure. And I don't know how many people tell you this, but you've got such a cool, calm, zen energy to you that really makes the guest feel welcome. So thank you for being such like a warm and welcoming host and just exuding that warmth, man. I, I don't know, if I, again, how many people say it, but uh, I like your vibe. It's really cool. Thank you. Not a lot of people say it. You know, so I appreciate that, man. And um, this was great, man. Hopefully we get to chop it up again. Hopefully I could bring you back for another part two of the of the Law of Attraction cheat sheet. <laughs> Dude, you, you've got my email. Like, if you ever want to do something like that, just reach out. I would be so happy to come on again and, and address, like, whatever angle or whatever content you think is good for your audience. Just let me know, man. It would be my pleasure. Yes, that was such a dope interview. I want to say thank you again to Andrew Cap for coming through to No Pressure. Make sure you rate, subscribe, review. Leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts. Leave me a, a positive review wherever you can leave positive reviews. And make sure you tune in to the next episode of No Pressure. Peace.